Greetings, adventurers, and welcome to another episode of Vitamin D&D, your weekly dose of Dungeons & Dragons, just what the DM ordered. I'm your host, Patrick, and here with me today, as always, is my fellow co-host and party member, Brady. Yes, sir. How's it going? Good. Ready to get into multi-classing. Multi-classing. <laughs> Multi-pass. Um, yeah, uh, it's, I'm looking forward to it. Um, been reading over classes. I feel like my eyes are going crossed reading over class abilities and uh yeah and just thinking of all the possibilities there's lots of different combos with this and it's hard to really get into so many of them so like we're we're just going to cover a couple and we'll leave it up to y'all to really get into it and come up with your own but we'll kind of give you the basics because there's just i mean it's like combos on combos on combos you know so yeah um and that's what uh we're going to talk through kind of the the rules of um, multi-classing. And one thing to remember is if you look in the player's handbook, multi-classing is optional. Um, I don't really know any dungeon masters yep. who don't let people multi-class, um, but it is a, an optional rule. If, if you want to you know, be that dungeon master and say, Nope, like I don't have to allow it. And uh, feats are also uh, optional too, but we talked about, you know, how much we love feats last time. Yeah. Um, yeah. A, lo- a lot of DMC, see multi-classing as even though it is like in the rules they don't see it as like pure D or whatever but like i think it's even more D, if that makes sense because it's like you're doing what you want with your character and making it how you want because that's like you know the whole point of dungeons and dragons yeah i think it can be a really cool like like practical reflection of maybe some changes in your character like uh perf- yeah definitely yeah perfect example um always going to go back to critical role uh ford um started out as a warlock and they're you know in campaign two travis travis willingham's character and now he's i think he's taken more levels in paladin um recently so he's like yeah and also speaking of critical role talk about vax oh um, yeah you know he was a rogue and then he took a just a couple of levels in paladin so yeah. i mean was it the vengeance kind of uh vengeance paladin yeah, so it, it definitely is a good way to, one, just kind of mix up your play style or have it cater more to your play style or to a good way to evolve your character story-wise too, but also have some functionality to it. Yeah, and then you can just be like me, the min-maxer, the metagamer, who just wants to make super strong characters. I don't I don't care about all that uh, fluffy story stuff. Yeah, all that story mumbo-jumbo. Yep, Um. so... Like we've talked about, some reasons to multi-class is, you know, the synergy between the core class. So kind of your whatever class that is going to make up the majority of your character's levels. Um, so with the max level in you know, fifth edition being 20, whatever is going to make up the majority of those 20 levels, you know. But also um, in, you know, in relation to that, most campaigns don't get to level 20. So think about that as well. Um, unless you've got a bunch of hard charging friends that you've been playing for years and you're like, we're going to go to level 20 this time. Um, it's going to take a while. Uh, and one thing you may want to think about is you probably won't reach those capstone abilities if you're not going to make it to level 20. So doing a little, you know, dip here, dip there, and a different multi-class or two uh, might make your character more interesting and give it a lot more utility. And then, like Brady said, role-playing, fun! Yay! Yay. Role-playing, yeah. 
I mean, I know you like to poo poo on it, but I, I'm I am more of a story story driven, you know, cinematic type storyteller and and player. So, I mean, I, I like to have good backstories and good character evolution because I mean, when you do think of good stories or you know, movies, films, shows, whatever, you know, you always are drawn to and think about more of the uh, the evolving characters. So, like a good example I can think of is Prince Zuko from. Avatar The Last Airbender, you know, he had this amazing character arc and his was an evolving character, even though he didn't like learn a different bending style, still his, his, you know, way changed. And, you know, it's just a good way to add spice and flavor to your characters and kind of keep it fresh, give that new dimension to it. So that I do like it for that aspect, but also because you do get some other cool abilities where you wouldn't normally have them in your normal, you know, full on character of one character class so yeah and i kid i kid um i really i know i'm just giving you a hard time oh gosh i'm just the uh the foil i'm the min maxing evil <laughs> min maxing um but uh no I, I do like the role playing and i do like coming up with some um some decent backstory for my characters um like hopefully i'll be uh actually starting joining in on a campaign soon in the next couple of weeks. So mm. I've been tailoring my backstory and getting my, my character ready. Uh, let's see. Next we're going to talk about real quick is some keys to a good multi-class. So some things whenever you think, you know, whenever you're trying to plan out, if I want to multi-class, what are some keys to making sure that multi-class is going to work? Um, and, first thing is going to be taking advantage of some similar class dependent abilities. So, you know, we talked about your class abilities um, and your ability scores. So those, those six main scores, strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma, different characters and different classes um, are, they're dependent upon those. So monks and rangers are both, dependent upon their dexterity and wisdom score. If you want a good, strong monk or ranger, you're going to hopefully have some good, you know, some high dexterity, high wisdom, maybe high in one, a little middling in the other. But one thing you want to think about then too is obviously those two classes, you know, are dependent upon the same uh, ability scores. And so they're probably going to mesh pretty well. Um, And you don't have to worry about kind of putting too many ability score improvements into a weak ability score just to hopefully multi-class someday. And if you end up trying to do that too much, it can kind of stretch your character a little bit and make it kind of weaker overall. Um, You know, because as a multi-classing character, you, what you gain in uh, utility and kind of your focus is being, you're not as focused on a specific thing. You're a lot more, you know, varied and that sort of thing but not nearly as focused on one thing yeah and then another good thing about it is uh you know you're talking about taking advantage of those similar class dependent abilities it can also be a way to find the combinations that will fill in the gaps um to help you know fill fill your role or make your role that much more effective or make certain abilities even stronger um you know to to be a good choice so for example, you know, say for whatever reason you're playing in a party without a cleric, without a paladin, you know, without a druid, somebody that can heal. Maybe let's just say you all decided to pick fighters just because, hey, why not? Um, you know, you could you could kind of 
dip into the cleric uh, class because clerics are a good one that kind of can almost mesh with just about any other class because they have such a wide variety in their domains mm-hmm. that you know that we've talked about and covered in previous episodes. Um, so I mean they they're a good way to amplify or fill in those places where yes, this class that you're playing is good, but it has a little bit, you know, maybe falls short on this one or two things. You can pick up a level or two of this other class that helps fill in that gap and make your character that much stronger in your role. Um, so again, let's just say party without a cleric, you can pick a couple of classes in uh, the cleric in either of the domains that, or any of the domains that fit what you're playing with. Um, because you can get maybe, let's just say, pick one that you're the, the fighter, you can get one with like heavy armor proficiency or something like that. Yeah, like a that war, can help. A war or, cleric. Yeah, war cleric, stuff like that. Um, but I, I wouldn't just multi-class just for the armor though, because there there are feats that do cover that. So you want to pick another, you know, if you are going to multi-class, you want to pick a class that does complement or fills in those gaps to help meet your party's need or further your ability to carry out your role in the party. Yeah. Like like Brady said, if you've got if you find a multi class that, you know, fits well with your character and also gets some armor proficiencies, that's cool. But I definitely wouldn't make that choice and kind of sacrifice, you know, a little more more focus in another class when you could just take a feat and continue trucking along with your core class. And uh like we talked about one other thing to think about when coming up with a multi-classing combination is has your character had a sudden dramatic change in motivation or their belief, um, you know, and reflect that change with a dive into another class or just a quick dip um, just for some fun role play or just some added utility like we've been talking about. Yeah, because I, I, I can just think off the top of my head of something, you know, you you start off one let's just say you start off as a cleric, but you're in the, the nature domain or something like that. And then your character could go into a whole thing where he becomes more attached to nature. And then he like just completely switches over into the Druid class. And that's, you know, that's one thing that you could say just a big shift because they're similar, or you could do one, you know, maybe a paladin that turns into, I don't know, a rogue or something. That would be kind of cool because you know, a few levels in, you abandon your your paladin ways and turn to the rogue. But like, you have these remnant abilities and and powers that you can use, and you know, like you might have to use them in certain situations. So like, you know, maybe heal one of your party members to bring them back or something. But like, it's just totally against your belief. You know, that's why you turn from the paladin way, and you like it's this big deal and ca- causes all this other tor- turmoil and conflict. So, you know, it's just a really cool way that you can really either as Patrick says, just kind of dip into one, just be like, Oh, you know, kind of this, or just like completely change your character and have this, you know, it might set you back a little bit, but if you're more story driven, it'll really help, you know, kind of get those gears turning and give you a lot more meat to your, to the story that you're trying to tell. Yeah. And you can go into it, you know, as you're making a character and think about, Oh, it'd be really cool to multi-class with another class, or you can just wing it. Um, and then as soon as your dungeon master says, Hey Brady, uh, we're all increasing to level five. So show up next week with your level five class and whatever abilities and just make sure you're ready to go. At that moment you could say, okay, well, what's been going on with my character? And then 
you know, decide, well, I'm going to make a, you know, multi-class character, take another class in something else. So don't always have to plan it so far in ahead. Like, like me, the optimizer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. So now that we talked about all the, the fun, fluffy things about, you know, what motivates you to multi-class, let's talk about some rules. So start, wah, wah. just kidding. That's wah, wah. what we're here for. Yeah. Um, starting on page 163 of the player's handbook, um, it talks about multi-classing in the customization chapter, chapter six. Um, and first thing it's going to talk about really is give some examples about some multi-classing, but there are prerequisites, um, for each class and it's got it listed out there in a chat on page 163. One thing to remember, like it says, is that you have to have you have to meet the prerequisites whenever you multi-class. You have to meet the prerequisites in the class that you are currently in and that you are going into. So that's one thing to remember. You may have, you know, a 13 strength, which means that, okay, as a barbarian, I've got 13 strength, which means I can multi-class. But if you've got, like, a 10 wisdom, then sorry, you're not multi-classing with cleric or druid or, let's see, monk or paladin, or sorry, monk or ranger. Um, and it's just because, you know, you have to have those prerequisites to go out of a class and into other classes. So one thing to keep in mind. Um, and also looking at that list, you can kind of see which classes have the same ability score requirements and use that to kind of gauge like, okay, these classes would obviously have some natural synergy together, like monks and rogues or monks and rangers, that sort of thing. Another thing to remember, um, your XP, your experience points is, you know, going to be reflected in your total levels. Okay. So if you level up to five in fighter, you decide you want to take a level in cleric. Um, you're going to need to earn the experience points if you're playing with experience points. You're going to have to earn the experience points enough to get to level six in, you know, the same as you would to make level six in fighter. It's not like, you know, getting to level one in cleric after you're already a level five in fighter is not the same, you know, it's not the tiny amount that it only took you to get to level five, you know, level two in fighter. It's kind of hard to explain, I guess. Um, but just, you want to think of your experience points as being a total levels, not based upon individual classes. And, yep. And, um, kind of going into that too, um, your proficiency bonus, it's, it's also based off your total level. So, you know, let's just say you've got, I don't know, three levels in a fighter and two levels in a rogue, um, what your proficiency bonus will be based off is you just pretty much add those together. So you're at a level five. So that would be your level five proficiency, whatever that is, which happens to be plus three. So your proficiency bonus is on the total level, not just your highest of whatever. Yeah. I think that's good because you know, it's, it would be kind of a terrible punishment if your proficiency bonus didn't level up with you on total. Uh, you could, yeah, that really, that really slow things down and make, make things a little bit harder. I, I could definitely feel you not, you know, wouldn't be able to hit quite as hard or do, do things quite as easily as your other companions that stayed, you know, a single level or a single class. Right. Yeah. You'd probably have a lot less people multi-classing if that was the case. 
Um, and another thing is you have, of course, hit die with each class, and they're different types of dice, whether it be a D8, D6, that sort of thing. Um, and you have a total hit die, or your total amount of hit die is, again, reflected on your total level. Um, but they may be different kinds of die based upon what kind of class makeup you've got going on with your multi-class. So let's say a level 5 character is made up of 3 levels monk, 2 levels rogue, then they've got two, or sorry, 3 monk hit die and 2 rogue hit die, which may be, very, may be different, may be the same. If, you, if they're all the same, then it, you know, it's easy to remember that way. Yeah, and then um, also another thing that's just kind of not quite as bougie or cool sounding, but uh, your equipment proficiencies, if you want to look over them on the handy chat, it's on page 164. It just talks about your multi-classing proficiencies. Basically, it's a little little list that shows you if you pick up this class, then you get these proficiencies. So let's just say pick up Barbarian, you have proficiency with shields, simple weapons, and martial weapons just for an example, or if you um, multi-class into a warlock, then you have light armor and simple weapons, in addition to the other ones that are included in your other core class. Yeah. Yeah, that that way you're not getting kind of a double dip of a lot of uh, kind of starting abilities. You get some um, from choosing to diversify yourself, but not necessarily all of them. Like, uh, I believe that fighters, if you start out as a fighter, as a level one fighter, you get proficiency with all armor types. But if you multi-class into a fighter, you only earn proficiency with light, medium, and shields. So um, may may kind of make you think about which, which class is going to be your core class um, whenever you go with that. Yeah. Uh, another thing going along is spell slots on page 165. Mm -hmm. Um, And you'll have to forgive me, not a magic slinger. So, not super, you know... You mean you ain't a spell slinger? I'm not a spell slinger. Um, So, I'm not super um, read up on spells and how spell slots work. I can tell you, though, is that um, there are apparently such things as a full spellcasting class, a... Let's see, a half spellcasting class, and then I think a level below that, too. Um, and so whenever you uh, whenever you multi-class with different spellcasting classes, ugh, um, you have to take in, keep in mind what classes those are, because it can affect your total number of sp- uh, spell slots, that sort of thing. Um, and so if you are... A full, a full spellcaster, which is let's see, bard, clerics, druids, sorcerers, and wizards. Um, then you may want to keep that in mind if you start dipping too much into those half or less uh, spellcasting classes, like paladins, rangers, fighters if you're an eldritch knight, or rogues if you're an arcane trickster. Um, that can kind of penalize you and kind of detract from your total spell slots um, whenever you multi-class too much in those different classes. Yeah, it's basically just a way of, you know, when when he says like a half spellcaster, it's just somebody that's their main focus isn't fully spellcasting like a sorcerer or warlock. Because, I mean, 
think about uh, clerics, perfect example, or or druids, or the really the best example would be a paladin because they they're kind of tanky. They're these fighters mainly that can be also spellcasters, but that's just kind of what he means by you know not a full spellcasting class. And it, it's pretty self explanatory, but uh, just wanted to maybe cl- just clarify just a little bit more. Yeah, like I said, not a spell slanger. Um, another thing they take note of is several classes get extra attack at level five. Um, but if you get to level five and fighter and then go level five and paladin, I think has extra attack too. You don't get extra, extra attacks. It's just the same amount of extra attack. No extra, extra. Here's another hit. <laughs> yeah. None of that. Easy. You're making your dog bark, Brady. Yeah. I'm sorry. She <laughs> get her riled up real quick. She, she's really excited about the fighter class. Um, all right. I think that's, uh, that's all, you know, all we've got down for all of our rules, um, for multi-classing. So now let's talk about some, some good examples, um, of multi-classing. I'm not going to touch on every single class, um, because trust me, I've been putting together that list for about two weeks and I was like, uh. yeah, it's, it's a pretty, pretty lengthy Pretty lengthy list, but uh, we'll we'll just kind of wrap up here with um, a few of some good examples that sh- that showcase the synergy, uh, and then maybe we'll talk about maybe one or two examples of cla- or combinations that wouldn't go very well together and don't really offer much and are not a good combo. And then we'll just kind of throw out uh, our own our favorite combos or something that we actually have played or would play. Yeah. Okay, I'll get us started. Um, one that I think not going to be my next character played, but probably after this one is a barbarian, um, multi-classed with fighter. Um, and the reason why is berserker barbarian. Um, you get you know access to unarmored defense, so that means you know increased in AC from your dexterity and your constitution. Um, you can know already do a ton of damage just on your own as a barbarian with rage with reckless attack um with all the high level barbarian um you know and berserker barbarian subclass um all that and then you add in three levels of fighter enough to get you to the subclass of champion fighter and that champion fighter, um, I think you, you get to choose a fighting style so you can um, add even more uh, damage, I think, with, uh, with great weapon fighting. Um, and then you also crit on 19 and 20. Um, so that takes your critical hit chance from 5% to 10%. Every time you roll an attack, which doesn't sound like much, but uh, it, it can really make a difference in a pinch. Yeah, um, I mean, it's just you're going to be getting, you know, so many more chances to hit that critical and doing some nasty damage as a barbarian. Um, so, just just saying, you you get nice damage resistance. Just if you want to take a lot of hits and deal a lot of hits pretty good multi-class to do yeah that's good and kind of the the opposite of that if you want to restore life and help people that have been hit uh, a good combo would be a druid cleric um combo so start off with your core class being the druid which you know they're kind of your good all around they can they can heal they can fight uh they're more of like sort of a 
a support character. The, the way I play him, I like to play him as a support character. Um, but say you take up to at least three levels in Cleric to get you to that, uh, to where you can choose your domain. And if you pick into the life domain, you can really extend your healing ability uh, and your survivability as a party. Because just for example, uh, right off the bat, uh, your spells, a first level spell, just a couple that you can pick from would be Bless and Cure Wounds. So, I mean, that's it's a pretty big, pretty big help if you really want to, again, extend that survivability of your party uh, and yourself. Uh, it's, it's a really good way to ensure that longevity and, you know, maybe some longer fights down the road where you just have a few extra spells that you can get out there to heal your party. Uh, it's, it's definitely a good way to, to really help boost that support role if that's, if that's how you choose to play it, like, like I normally do. Right. Um, and next one, let's see here, is going to be, scroll back up to my notes, is going to be, ooh, definitely one of the two options that I've got in my brain for my next character, um, my monk, and it's the, it's the character essentially that we, uh, we brainstormed whenever we were doing our character creation episode, um, and primarily, I think in, at this point, going to start out as a monk character leaning toward the way of the shadow, um, and and I'm thinking about multiclassing. One option is rogue, so kind of goes along with the backstory of kind of living on the streets, living a criminal life before becoming a monk, kind of thing, but still, you know, tapping into that skill set um, that's more roguish, and so you know, the assassin uh, subclass with the rogues, kind of increasing your damage. Um, you get sneak attack because you're already being sneaky because you're away of the shadow monk. Um, you get some really cool, like, teleporting between shadows abilities as a uh, way of the shadow monk, so looking forward to that. Um, and then also another option is what's called a gloomstalker ranger subclass. And that's from another book that I don't think we've mentioned um, on the show before. It's called Xanathar's Guide to Everything. And it's kind of a supplemental um, core or supplemental book that you can pull out some variant rules and some variant subclasses um, to, you know, I guess, vary your character, you know, to have some different options. Um, And there's some pretty cool stuff in there. Um, one really cool thing about the, I guess a few things about the gloom gloomstalker ranger is that they're, they're like rangers that are kind of more, uh, more familiar with being in the, you know, in the dark, in the urban environments, in the creepy dungeons and that sort of thing. Um, and they've got some really cool abilities, uh, like, what is it? Umbral sight, I think, where they can like see in darkness, um, even without like dark vision. Um, and that's magical darkness, not just regular darkness. Um, and they also are, I think a lot harder to hit. You, uh, you pretty much become invisible, um, whenever you're standing in darkness yourself. Um, and even to creatures that are relying upon dark vision. So could be pretty broken for some sneaky strikiness. Yeah, could be, um, yeah. But those those are just a couple of good examples of uh, synergistic classes that make good combos. Um, we, we won't go over, you know, a few of 
bad combos because honestly, I mean, if you really get to it, there's no bad combination because however you want to pick it and play it is the right way for you. But if you are doing it from a sort of metagame perspective, you just don't want to pick anything that kind of contrasts each other really hard or doesn't share uh, the proficiencies or use the same type of uh, spellcasting type thing. So if you're trying to make like a full spellcaster, uh, so like a good example, if you pick a paladin and a warlock, they both share the wisdom and charisma for their um, their abilities and stuff like that. So you just don't want to pick anything that's going to be completely opposite or contradict the play style from one class to another. So, you know, you can kind of look through and make them up yourself, but uh, you, you just don't want to, again, if that's how you want to play it, more power to you. But if you're coming from a metagaming standpoint, you just don't want to pick anything that's in a contrast or, you know, be in opposition of each other in class wise, um, play style wise and stuff like that. So just make sure you pick things that are synergistic, uh, that will help your position. So, uh, but I think, I think we'll close up on, well, you kind of, we've both kind of already talked about what we would play as, uh, I would pick a druid cleric, uh, with a couple cleric points in there and you yeah. would be, you said the yeah. rogue monk or yeah, the, the monk, um, and either, Rain, Gloomstalker, Ranger, or a Rogue. Um, and one one cool one that I, I guess I read up on while I was thinking about this, uh, not only the Berserker-Champion combination with Fighter and Barbarian, but playing a uh, Totem Warrior Barbarian and being like, what is it, the Bear class? And also being multi-classed with Druid, so I could literally be a bear and Ooh, yeah. be a Bear Totem Warrior raging in bear form <laughs> that'd be a it'd be pretty sweet raging bear just be da raging bears da bears da raging. bears so all of our chicago listeners just uh stopped so. yep they're like <laughs> yeah. bye yeah bye. but i think uh you're right i think that's that's good there's so many combinations and like yeah there's like, tons we could th- this could you could have almost a whole podcast in and of itself just yeah. talking about different multi-classing combinations and pros and cons and stuff like that. Right. Um, so like, like Brady said there, um, there's, you know, not, not always, you know, not like there's no wrong answers, even if it's not super strong, um, as a multi-class, if it's what you want to do and you want to try it out and that's the way you want to play the game, then, you know, play your game. Um, but if you want to kind of, you know, play your game and also be highly effective in, in combat and outside of combat, um, then just try to look at some, the synergy, um, you know, the the goodness between the two two different classes or yes. or more. How you they can complement always, each other. Yeah, you can always multi-class with more than two. That's one thing to remember. Um, yep. You kind of start stretching yourself a little thin, so just keep that in mind. Yep. You don't want to. You don't want to be a jack of all trades, master of none. Right. But I guess it is. A- Better than a master of none. So yeah. unless you're a bard, still, unless you're a bard, then you actually get the jack of all trades. Um, that's true. Ability. That's true. So there we go. It's it's there in in the rules. It says mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. So you got anything else to add in there, Pat? No, I think that's it. Okay. Well, cool. So I guess that's going to be it for today's episode on multiclassing. We hope that you've enjoyed it and found it informative and kind of got something good from it uh, that you can use or maybe some inspiration or ideas. But um, 
just let us know if you have any questions uh, or something you'd like to hear us talk about or uh, hear us discuss in a future episode or something you'd like to hear or know more about. Uh, just let us know by either getting in touch with us by our email, which is the vitamin D and D podcast at gmail.com. That's the vitamin D, the letter N, D podcast at gmail.com. Or you can find us on our Facebook page, our Instagram, Twitter, uh, or you can check us out at our website, which is the vitamin D and D podcast.wordpress.com. Uh, if you pretty much just search vitamin D and uh, it should come up in some shape or form and you can find us and get in touch with us there. But you know, you can just keep an eye and an ear out for our next episode where we will be talking. We're going to kind of change gears just a little bit. It's still in, in vain with everything, but it's just kind of switching it up a little bit. We're going to be talking about uh, a brief history of Dungeons and Dragons and might be a two-parter, might be just a little bit longer one-parter. Uh, we'll see how it goes and we'll see how we're feeling about that. But, um, but yeah, make sure you join us here back for that. And other than that, take it easy and we'll see you after your long rest. 